everybody. I hope everybody's doing wonderful today. Um, I am just so thankful for the opportunity to share my gift, the gift that God gave me, the gift that comes down from my grandmother, from my father, from my mom, and got poured into me. I'm so excited this morning that God has given me a word for the house. I truly believe that it is a word for the house. Um, I know for certain that it is a word for me. Um, and as I share it, I pray that everyone receives a little piece of it. Um, let's go ahead and get started. So we're going to get into the word Ecclesiastes chapter three, verses one through eight. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. If God's word be true, and we all believe it is, then there is a time for every activity under the heavens. My question for the house this morning is, what time is it now? Let's pray. Father, it's funny that I have this word on this morning when it's daylight savings time. Um, we were up extra early trying to get ourselves together. And uh, then we realized that, oh, wait, we, we bounced back an hour, so we're good. But anyway, so we have to take time seriously. Time is so precious. But because we get it for free, we take it for granted sometimes. And many times we don't know how precious or don't see how precious the time is until it's too late. I pray that in this next season, God blesses us with the anointing of Issachar. So the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles 12, 32, it says that the tribe of Is from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and they knew the best course for Israel to take. So that passage in context in this chapter, they were chronicling the soldiers that were joining David's army. They were there to ensure that David became the next king of Israel. And there were thousands of them. They came ready to fight. What I noticed as I was studying was that each verse had a tribe had a number of men in a brief description of what they brought to the table. So there was a tribe, whatever the tribe name was, however many men that they brought. And then it said that they were warriors. It said that they were, uh, they were archers and they could shoot with their left hand or their right hand. They were warriors and they bought shields and they bought spears. They were warriors and they had this and they were warriors and they could do this. Other groups brought thousands. I think the, the, the lowest number besides Issachar was a thousand, but other groups bought 50,000, 6,800, 28,000, 120,000. Issachar bought 200 people with their relatives. So Issachar was different in the description. Now it says that all of them came ready to fight, but Issachar in particular was different. They were described not as warriors. They were not described as having weaponry. They were not described of having some sort of fighting skill. They were described as number one, they were described as leaders. 
they made it a point to say that they bought their relatives, their families came with them and they understood the signs of the times and they knew what to do. So that sounds to me like Kingdom Family Fellowship because these 200 leaders came to establish a kingdom, kingdom, and they brought their families with them. These 200 leaders came with their relatives. So that's kingdom, that's family, all, all right there. So the sons of Issachar, kingdom family fellowship, it goes together. So we're all leaders and we're not leaving our families behind. Um, I know it says um, in the Bible that in order to be a leader in the church, you have to have a good report. You have to be able to run your household. You, you and your wife got to get along. You and your children got to be respectable. So in order to truly be a leader, your family has to be underneath that authority as well. And so it's funny that these 200 men, these 200 leaders that came to join this battle, brought their families with them. Their families understood their leadership to the point that if you're going into battle, I'm going into battle with you. If you're going to establish a kingdom, I'm going to establish a kingdom with you. If you are about to set up David and make sure everything is going right, then I'm about to be supporting you. I'm about to be behind you. I'm about to be there with you. So that's the things about Issachar that I need everybody to understand. So what time is it now? It is time for us to focus. And this is the word for Kingdom Family Fellowship. The word for the house is we are entering into a season of focus for the next 12 to 36 months. I need everyone to focus on purpose. And that purpose is those God-given visions and those God-given dreams. Those of us that are under sound of my voice, I know for a fact that we know who we are in God. We know who we are in Christ. And we understand that God has given everybody a purpose. We understand that God has given us an opportunity to take part in this thing called establishing the kingdom of God. And it is time for us to get focused on those things and really do our part to establish the kingdom. In this time, we need to lay a strong foundation and put systems in place that will move us forward into our future. We are about to give birth. There are books in the house. There is wisdom in the house that needs to be passed on to this next generation. We need to take on mentees and begin to train up those who are coming after us. That is the word for, for the house. So that's what we're focused on for this next season, for these next 12 to 36 months. Again, I know that that is a word for me and I'm confident that it's a word for this house as well. So what do we need to do to make sure that we are moving forward properly? Number one, we need to write it down. We need to write it down. We need to write it down. Whatever that God given purpose is, whatever that dream, that vision that God has been putting in into you, that idea that you can't let go of that thought that keeps coming back to you, no matter how many times you dismiss it, that purpose that keeps coming back to you, no matter how many times you dismiss it, write the vision, make it plain so that others can see and run with it. OK, make it clear and easily understood so that it's not misinterpreted and then put it in your house. Write the vision down. Put it in your house. OK, I have I have mine's on uh, sticky notes. They're all over the place. They're in the second bedroom. They're on the fridge. They're in the bathroom. They're in the bedroom. They're on the front door. Put them in your house in multiple places. Write it down. 
put it in your house in multiple places, especially on the front door, because after we leave the house, we know that we're about to enter into the world and out there is going to be distractions out there is going to be everything that's going to try to get us to stop from pursuing that vision. That's going to get us to stop from focusing in on that goal. So make sure you put it on the front door. So that is the last thing you see right before you leave the house. Okay. And also, once it's all around the house, your entire family will be able to see it. Anybody you invite over will be able to see it. And so they're going to be able to hold you accountable, which is point number two. Be accountable. That is what the second thing that we're going to have to do in order to get to this uh, season of focus, get through this season of focus. Posting that vision in the house helps bring that accountability because it'll, it'll, everybody will see it. Everyone knows what the goal is. And they can remind you of what the goal is when you start to get out of pocket. Didn't you say you were saving money to buy an asset, but you look like you're buying some shoes or you look like you're on Amazon right now. OK, write that vision, make it plain, put it around the house. Some tips for accountability. All right. Number one, be humble. All right. Your accountability partner or your friends, your family, they are they kind of have a little bit of authority over you because they're going to be able to speak into your life when you're stepping out of character, when you're stepping away from uh, your purpose, when you're stepping in the wrong direction from the vision that God gave you. These are the people that are going to have authority to say, hey, step back in the line to correct you a little bit. So you're going to have to be humble and allow these people to speak into your life. OK, another thing that you're going to have to do to remain accountable is prepare for hurt, humble and hurt. Okay. Sometimes what they say might sting a little bit, but you're going to have to take that heat and you're going to have to move forward. Understand that it is for your good. Faithful are the wounds of a friend is what the word says, but beware the kisses of your enemy. So not everybody that's trying to kiss you is your friend and not everybody that's trying to hurt you is your enemy. So be honest is another thing that you have to do to make sure that you're accountable. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest with your accountability partner. And that is the only way that you're truly going to move forward. Okay. The third thing that we need to do as we're entering into this season of focus is do not let fear stop you. Fear will try to creep in and stop you from moving forward. Do not let it. Do not let fear stop you. Tips for, for overcoming fear. Number one, God understands that you're afraid. The words fear not appear over 300 times in scripture. God always makes it a point to tell us to relax when he shows up like chill, relax. Don't be afraid. It's OK. He knows and he loves you in spite of your fear. OK, and he's always with you. Number two, uh, a second way to overcome fear is God did not give you the fear. Understand where this fear is coming from. Second Timothy one said seven says God has not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love, of power and of a sound mind. That has been one of my foundational uh, scriptures for the last 13 years um, in the Amplified. It says God has given you a clear and well-balanced mind, clear and well-balanced mind. Having that understanding that I am a clear and well-balanced thinker has really saved my life over the years and really helped me to really focus in, learn what I needed to learn and stop uh, dismantling what my thoughts and stop being angry at the way I think. This is the mind that God gave me. It's clear. It's well-balanced. Others might not understand it, but God gave it to me for a reason and I'm going to use it for his glory. Romans 8, 15. So, so have not, you have not received the spirit that you may be fearful slaves again. Instead, you received God's spirit 
as his adopted children. So he did not give you fear. He gave you love. He gave you power. He gave you a sound mind and he gave you a family. Another way to overcome fear is fear only God. If you're going to be afraid of anything, be afraid of God. Okay. Proverbs 1 7 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. <laughs> even in this verse, the words fear doesn't even mean fear. It means awestruck reverence or highly respected. Okay. And then Matthew 10 27 says, do not be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear God who can destroy your body and soul in hell. It's funny how we won't share our gift for fear of being judged by people, but we don't even think about the judgment of God. So when we don't share our gift, when we don't do what he's called us to do, when we don't uh, fulfill that purpose and we finally have to see him on that great day, on that great getting up morning, do you want to hear depart from me or do you want to hear well done? If you're going to be afraid of anybody, be afraid of God. We're so scared of this comment section, but we, what about the comments that God makes? What about what God has to say? So let's make sure that we are afraid of the right things. If we're going to be afraid of anything, we need to be afraid of God. Okay. So another thing that we are going to have to do as we move into this season of focus, as we move into this next 12 to 36 months of establishing uh, systems and establishing a foundation and pouring into the next generation, we need to have faith. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things that are seen were not made from things which do appear. Faith is a substance it's matter. It's tangible. Faith is evidence. It's proof that what we can't see actually exists. So if our faith looked like anything, if we had to prove uh, what is not seen by our faith, what does that look like? So that's more than just saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. That's more than just declaring it. That's more than just naming it and claiming it. Faith Real faith looks like a plan and a, a plan is a diagram or a list of steps that details timing and resources used to achieve an objective. It is commonly understood as a temporal set of actions that are going to end up in achieving a goal. OK, so we need to set smart goals. We need to prepare a plan and we need to go after these things. All right. Um, one of the one of the things that I've heard is this. In order to achieve your goal, in order to develop your plan and achieving the goal, um, what you do is you write number one and then you write what you need to achieve that goal. And then your next step, you write number two, you write down what you need to get what you need in step one. And then number three is you write down what you need to get what you need in step two. And once you get down to something that you need that is readily available, something that you need that you can attain very quickly, that's when you start the process of execution. So you start knocking out those lists until you get to that goal. Remember, when we're making these goals, they have to be smart goals. OK, the S stands for specific. The M stands for measurable. The A stands for achievable. The R stands for relevant and the T stands for time bound. So we have to make realistic specific measurable goals 
and we have to bind it by time. We have to put a date on that joker. So we're entering into this season for the next 12 to 36 months. We know that we're trying to achieve the goal of our God-given purpose. So we are going to have a plan to help move us forward. And we are going to set smart goals along the way so that we can achieve it quickly and in order. Okay? So... We're having faith. This is the faith step in order to step into the season. Faith looks like preparation. Okay. Would you be ready? That's another question. So this goal, this God-given dream, this God-given purpose that we're all trying to achieve, that we're all trying to reach. If we got it tomorrow, would we be ready when we get home to lay down tonight? And Jesus, what if Jesus was sitting on the edge of the bed and he said, child, I've heard you cry. I've listed every prayer. I've caught every tear. When you wake up tomorrow, tomorrow morning, it's going to be there for you. So when you wake up tomorrow morning and everything that you've prayed for is in existence, it has shifted from the spirit to the temporal. Are you going to be able to handle that blessing? If you woke up tomorrow morning and you were married, would you be ready for that spouse? And you had the child. Would you be ready for that child? And you had the business. Would you be ready for that business? Are you prepared for the blessing? If you are not, then let's begin to take steps to get ready for those blessings. You want to run a business? How do you manage your money? You want to run your business? You want to be self-employed? If you showed up for your own business, the way you show up at your current job, would you even hire yourself? If you want a child, are you prepared to run around and chase a child to be responsible for another human being? If you want a spouse, do you know your triggers? Have you forgiven everyone from your past? Are you prepared to have every single decision that you make have another person involved in it? Are you ready for something like that? If not, then you need to prepare yourself for that because that's what you're praying for. That's what you're planning for. That's what you're expecting God to do in your life. So if you really expect it, then you need to prepare for it. All right. Another step in having faith. Your faith needs to look like persistence. Do not give up give up do not give up sometimes we attach our success to our goals to the point where it is inevitable to quit what i mean by that is every time you achieve a goal if you don't have another goal right behind it inevitably you're going to quit and i've done it several times where i said i'm gonna save up this amount of money boom i got the money i had no other goal all i did was watch that money go away as i spent it all I said, I'm going to lose this amount of weight. Boom. I lost the 50 pounds. I lost the 30 pounds. After that, I just went back to eating like I normally ate because there was no other goal behind it. We need to begin to fall in love with the process. We need to begin to fall in love with the, with the, with the discipline. We need to develop a habit so that it's automatic. That way we can hit goal after goal after goal after goal instead of hitting one goal and then just slipping back into our older habits. All right. So in this next season, let me read that word one more time before I keep going. In this next season, the word for the house is this. We are entering into a season of focus for the next 12 to 36 months. I need everybody to focus on their purpose, their God-given vision and dream. In that time, you need to begin to lay a foundation and put systems in place that are going to help us move forward. Put that system in place and try to make it as automatic as possible so that we don't have to think about it again, right? We need to understand that in this next 12 to 36 months of, pur of purpose, we are pouring into the next generation. 
as we begin to focus on these uh, dreams and visions, we're going to see them jokers come to pass. We're going to give birth. There's books in the house. There is wisdom that needs to be passed along to this next generation and the steps that we need to take in order to get to the goal. We need to write it down first. We need to be accountable. We need to stop letting fear get in the way. We need to stop letting fear stop us. And we need to really embrace faith. And that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. That faith is what's going to take us to the top. That faith is what's going to push us over the edge. And that is all I have for you guys this morning. I love you very much. Be blessed. What is up, good people? This is Mike Savage, and I wanted to come on and personally thank you for listening to my podcast. Do me a favor. If you enjoyed it, give it five stars. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. If you want to keep up with my content, follow me on Instagram at Razor's Edge underscore podcast and on Facebook at Savage Lifestyle Solutions. If you want to reach me or book me to speak, reach out to me by my email address, michaelsavagespeaks at gmail.com. I love you and I look forward to hearing from you. Today is from Dr. Miles Monroe. I've been listening to him heavy for these last couple of weeks. And one of the things that he said recently, well, not recently, but um, one of the things that I heard from him recently was the purpose is not to die old. The purpose is to die empty. If the purpose was to die old, then Jesus would have failed because he was gone by 33. But as he hung on that cross dying, he did not say, I'm old. He said, it's finished. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you that our goal and our purpose is to die empty, God. Every gift used, every talent used, God, every poem written, every book written, every play performed, God, everything that is in us for this world needs to be left here in this world. And the only words that we're looking to hear when we see you is well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name.